for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good day, everyone, and welcome to today's Living Life. Now, if you didn't join us yesterday, I highly recommend taking, you know, maybe 15 minutes to at least watch and catch up on yesterday's passage and devotional. Or, you know, at least watch it after today's uh, devotional because the two passages are parallels of each other and very closely related. And that will give you a fuller idea of both passages. So, in a sense, I'm covering both passages both days, yesterday and today. Now, I've come to appreciate today's passage as forming the core of the understanding and appreciating of the birth of Jesus. So, let's read the passage and then you'll see what I mean. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now to give you a very quick review of yesterday's passage, the plot line is very similar in both passages. Gabriel the angel appears to announce a miraculous birth to two different people. Um, and then both Zechariah and Mary, they respond incredulously. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Mary asked the angel in today's passage, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. Now, interestingly, as I mentioned yesterday, Zechariah's response is admonished, while taken negatively, while Mary's is not. Gabriel ends the conversation in a similar way with both of them. To Zechariah, he says, For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. To Mary, for, my, for the word of God will never fail. And both passages end with a woman concluding, 
Elizabeth, Zechariah's wife, exclaiming praises with joy, Mary, humbly and faithfully in today's passage. Now, and then yesterday, we talked about why Zechariah's response was admonished and while Mary's wasn't, though they were both you know, very similar in the way they responded. Mary asks how she will conceive and give birth to a son when she is still a virgin, a very valid question. And the answer in verse 35 is the definition and background to the virgin birth of Jesus. Very important verse for me, uh, at least. It says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. I would like you to highlight, underline or circle the word overshadow. To me, that is the key word in this verse. In chapter 3 of Luke, we will see one of the two genealogies of Jesus in the Gospels. One is found in Luke chapter 3, one found in Matthew chapter 1. Now, both have enough information to explain the virgin birth while outlining and detailing the human heritage of Jesus with different emphases. Both genealogies show the lack of a full human continuation to Jesus because Jesus only has one human parent, right? We all, we all know this, so sometimes we may forget. All the sons and fathers that came before Jesus were of completely human nature. Right? Man and woman, they get together and they have a child. So, so-and-so fathered so-and-so, so-and-so is the son of so-and-so, so forth. But with Jesus, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 17, it says that Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born. It is explained very differently. In Luke chapter 3, verse 23, in the NLT, it says Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. So not simply Jesus is the son of Joseph, known as the son of Joseph. And this is introducing that element of adoption because Joseph is not Jesus' natural father. John 3.16 in the old King James Version famously says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That word begotten. Jesus was not begotten by a human father. And he is not just the son of Joseph. Jesus is the only begotten son of God, the Father in heaven. People are no longer the active agents in the continuation of the family line, even as we look at the genealogy of Jesus. Joseph and Mary now both have passive roles as God takes the active role. So all the genealogies, all the different what do you call it, levels or generations, it's so-and-so fathered so-and-so, or so-and-so is the son of so-and-so, you know, their father. But now the humans take a passive role, Mary and Joseph, and God is the active one. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, as I read before, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. The birth of Jesus was independent of human, quote-unquote, fathering, but birth by the divine overshadowing of the power of God. I like to use this hand motion, overshadowing, right? Let's imagine a shadow kind of coming over Mary and us. God's intervention into our world overshadows human limitations and human thought. 
Mary was completely open, willing and ready to receive this overshadowing. Verse 38 says, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Now, this wasn't just something that she decided then. This was an attitude that I talked about yesterday that she already had. Simple yet powerful declaration. A servant that is always under their master and their Lord. So in a sense, you know, a, a servant has no will beyond that of their master or their lords. And, you know, today's society and culture and time, this might be a little bit harder to accept and understand. But back then, this was completely normal and fully understandable. A servant to be under their lord and master is a good and faithful servant. Ironically, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, was literally a servant of God because he was a priest. But he was admonished about not believing the word of God, while Mary, a very young, unmarried woman, is the model of a good servant. You know, this reminded me of Jesus saying that we must be like children to enter the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter four, uh, chapter il, Matthew 18, verse 4, where he says, So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. As we get older, we think that we automatically become wiser and therefore more spiritually mature as well. Today's passage shows us that this is not necessarily true, unfortunately. Mary is a model and a reminder for us to be ready to receive the work of God in our lives, the Word of God in our lives, no matter how crazy and improbable that it may sound, like an innocent child. Amen. You know, it was Christmas just like one or two weeks ago. And, um, you know, there's a song that plays or people sing quite often during performances during Christmas, Mary, Did You Know, right? And actually, uh, last year, just a short while ago, um, I actually sang that song at church. And I remember before singing that song, coming across um, some kind of a social networking post that, wait a minute, Mary did know, right? It was kind of a joke, like a meme. Mary did know um, that, you know, Jesus was going to do all those things and you know so maybe not exactly she she didn't exactly know that everything like the details of exactly what he was going to do but i actually do agree uh, with that joke that mary did know in her heart all the amazing things it did not surprise her at all and that is because of the attitude that she had a humble servant ready to be used by god for something amazing and crazy and none of what jesus did of who he turned out to be, like in the fullest extent, I don't think Mary, that surprised Mary at all. And that is the kind of heart and attitude that we need to develop in us, to be ready to receive the word of God, the direction of God, the voice of God at any time, and not lose a beat, but to be able to say, yes, I am your humble servant. I am here to do whatever you will. I am an extension of your will, God. Let us develop that day by day, bit by bit, as we grow in the Word of God and in the, what is it, the, the boiling, the cooking, uh, the saturation of the Word of God in our lives. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, um, for a, a precious model and person like Mary uh, who you 
previewed God, uh, just the immense revelation of the Son of God, what He came to do, what He will do. And Lord, we want to be like Mary. We don't want to be surprised by anything that you do because, Lord, um, you are great and we follow a great God. We believe in a great God. We are the sons and daughter of the Father in heaven. And so, Lord, may this attitude uh, just grow in us, O Lord, that we can follow your move wherever, whenever, and whatever it may be. May we grow in your word this year, this week, O Lord, so that we can, so that we will not be taken by surprise by anything that you do, but that we can follow step by step with you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah.